thank him for all of our all of our blessings and all that he's done, all that he is to us, uh, and uh, what what we are in him. Amen. And uh, I love just the whole uh, idea of abiding in the vine. You know, Jesus in us and we're in him. And uh, boy, you can't separate the two, can you? And uh, the the devil's, you know, the, the devil's greatest tool against us. Some people might think it's fear or temptation to sin or whatever. No, his greatest tool is ignorance that he uses against us. And he's just hoping that we don't ever hear who we are in Christ and the rights and privileges and authority that we have in Jesus' name. <laughs> and uh or if if we do hear it, then he's he tries to talk us out of it and spin it towards, well, that's for some people but not for you. Well that's for Christians that don't make mistakes and you're you're not you're not one of those kind. And I'm telling you, he's a liar, liar, pants on fire. And uh he's the father of lies. So I always tell him, well, whatever you're saying, the opposite's true. So thank you for confirming the word. Because when he tells you you're not healed, you know the word says you are. So you want to thank the devil for his confirmation. Because he's such a liar (laughs) that everything he says, the opposite has to be true. Because he can't do anything but lie. He couldn't tell the truth if his breath depended on it. Uh, he is the deceiver, and again, he just is hoping that ignorance will prevail. But praise God, that's why we need to turn the light on, the light of the Word. Brother Hagin used to use a illustration about stumbling around in the dark, trying to find something in your bedroom, you know, or whatever, and he said if you could at least even just get a flashlight, you can find what you're looking for without stumping your toe and uh, causing damage to yourself or others or the furniture or break something. He said, uh, uh, put the light on it. If you got a dark report, put the light of the word on it. If you got something the devil has said to you and is prevailing in your thought life, anybody ever had that? Machine gun thoughts. This, this is what's going to happen. It's going to be really bad. Horrible things are going to happen. You can put the light of the word on that dark corner and realize it's not such a big deal and especially in the light of who we are in Christ amen if you would open your bibles to John 14 and verse 14 I'm going to preach today on the name of Jesus remind us of some things amen some people say well don't you have some great Brand new revelation nobody's ever heard of. Well, if we do, I I pray that I'm stricken with laryngitis or something to give that one out. Because if nobody's ever heard of it, it's usually not the Lord. Now, not, not that there can't be fresh revelation. We can get fresh revelation. But it has to be confirmed by the Word of God. And proven by more than just one little two-line verse, amen? Scripture upon Scripture, line upon line, amen? 
and uh, prove uh, prove it all. Rightly divide the word of truth. Praise God. I'm excited today to be here. Like one preacher said, I'd rather be here than the best insane asylum in the state. All right. Glory to God. If you look at John 14, 14, we're going to open with uh, some things on the name of Jesus. And really in light of the power of attorney that God has given us to use his name. And if you know anything about legal documents, a, a real properly executed power of attorney gives that person an enormous amount of power and authority over the assets and so forth that have been designated for that. And uh, we've been given full authority and rights to use the name of Jesus as though it were our own name. Hallelujah. And when you give somebody a power of attorney, you've got to know that they have the rights, especially if it's a, you know, a big, a big one, you know, for everything. They have the right to buy and sell and do, do what your assets, what they feel or deem to be necessary. Amen. And so think about that. We have the assets of heaven available to us today because of the power of attorney that has been given to us by the Heavenly Father to use the name of Jesus. Well, let's read this verse before it disappears. John fourteen fourteen. If you shall ask anything, if you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. Now back up and look at verse 13. Whatsoever you shall ask in my name. Notice the words, in my name. Now, you could ask in your name. Some people try that. You know, well, I'm asking in the name of me. Well, good luck with that. Let us know how that goes. Um, you don't have any guarantee from the word that God will answer that prayer. Or in the name of the problem. Many people just try to, you know, cry out the problem and cry out, Lord, look how needy I am. Look how pathetic I am. Look at this situation. Um and that may be so, and the Lord even has sympathy and empathy for that. But on the same hand, to get results, we have to move to some action that we're given in the Word. As pastor, especially being a Word of Faith pastor <laughs> type pastor, you know, we, the Word of Faith preachers got accused years ago, early on, of, of not being caring enough, not, not uh, being sympathetic enough, not Showing enough, you know, whatever. And so um, bedside manner wasn't always the best. <laughs> well, we should, we certainly need to rejoice with those that rejoice. Weep with those that weep. Amen. We need to be concerned. We need to show compassion. We need to show love. But I'll tell you what else we need to show is some strength and some authority. Because you see, at the end of the crying... And the end of the weeping and the end of the reading the bad report and going over how bad it looks and sings and feels uh, and all that, we have to move to some action to change the situation. So we just don't want to stay in down here below in troubles and trials songs, but we want to move to victory in Jesus. Hallelujah. And get the devil where he belongs under our feet. And get on top of the situation 
and get a, a victory report. And sometimes in transitioning from the empathy stage over to the victory stage, you know, folks feel like, well, they just don't even care. Look, they're not even, they're, they've, they've stopped blowing their nose. They don't care anymore. But you, uh, there's a difference in compassion and just sympathy. Sympathy just kind of feels sorry, feels bad that a person's going through that. But compassion is actually blended with the feeling of the infirmity mixed with the authority and passion to do something about it. Amen? So you can feel sorry for some people, you know, in a village that don't have enough water to drink or food to eat. Uh, you can feel bad about it, but if you don't ever do anything about it, you're not, your, your sympathy isn't really worth very much. In fact, it does more for you than it does the other person. It's just kind of just, well, I just feel bad about it. There's nothing we can do. We just feel bad. But you know, with Jesus, you can always do something. Amen. So it's better to have compassion than it is sympathy. Praise the Lord. Well, I know that in the early days of the faith movement, some of our bedside manners weren't so great. We had to learn how to do it. But uh, I've talked to people who said, well, there's just no use. There's nothing I can do. You know, it's all toast. Everything's gone. And I've had to say, look, I love you and I'm here for you, but I can't agree with that. I'm going to tell you what the Word says. And if you want out of this mess, there's a way. If you want out of this darkness, there's a way. If you want victory over this, there's a way. Hallelujah. I might not know exactly the steps for you to take, but we can always look in the Word. We can always rejoice, amen, in the light of it. And encourage ourselves in the Lord. And say, if God be for us, who can be against us? If God's on our side, how can we lose? Well, that's nice. I tried that. You know, a friend of mine was working at Rama back in the days when they had phone counseling. And Brother Hagen ended that abruptly one day. He said, this is ridiculous. But anyway, they had phone counseling because he said people need a pastor and they should call their pastor, not Kenneth Hagen Ministries. But anyway, he pulled the plug on the phone counseling hotline, but one guy called in, this is the kind of calls you'd get, one guy called in and one one fella called in and said to my friend, um, my wife and I have been using scripture for contraceptive. Uh, we just rebuke everything, you know, and he said, uh, we went to the doctor and got a bad report, she's pregnant, and now we need a scripture to stand on to uh, turn this around. Now, that's the kind of crazy calls you'd get in Tulsa, praise the Lord, God's holy city. And uh, so he said, well, I've got a, he said, I've got a scripture for you. And he said, oh, good. I knew if anybody could help us, it would be, you know, Rama. And they said, uh, what's the scripture? He said, God is not mocked whatsoever man sows, that shall he reap. Congratulations, you're a father. Well, he said, you got any other scriptures? I don't like that one. <laughs> like, how about get a brain, buddy? I mean, come on. Using the word for contraceptive. Come on. All right. But uh another fella called, and, you know, we'd get this a lot. Another guy called and said, I need a healing. And 
I've stood on every healing scripture there is and, and, uh, you know, this just nothing seems to be working. He says, well, all I can tell you is what the word says. You know, what we do here is we just go and find scripture that meets your need, meets your case. We're going to call that in, you know. So, uh, he says, okay, well, start. Well, he, every scripture he started in Isaiah 53 and, you know, even Exodus 15, 26, I am the Lord that healeth thee. Not I was the Lord that healeth thee. Not I'm going to be the Lord that healeth thee, but I am right now the Lord that healeth thee. And he was giving him scripture and the, every scripture he gave, the fellow said, well, I tried that. That didn't work. And then he went to Isaiah 53. Well, I tried that. It didn't work. He went on and on. He finally ended up in Mark 11:24. You know, the prayer of faith. I tried that. It didn't work. He went on to, I mean, he went from Genesis to Revelation with healing scriptures. And every one, the guy said, I tried that. It didn't work. So my friend said to him, well, there's only one thing left to do. And it's from the book of Job. Curse God and die. He said, because obviously God's a liar and everything he said to you isn't true. And everything you're saying, you know, you're doing isn't working. So the Bible doesn't work. Forget it. Throw it in the creek and curse God and die. Well, the guy goes, well, I don't want to do that. He says, well, every scripture I give you, you say you've tried it. It doesn't work. Well, it kind of got his attention and he started changing his tune a little bit. Amen. I don't know if he got any real help, but that was the phone call. Sometimes that's what you want to say to folks, isn't it? Say, well, what else you got, Pastor? I don't have, you know, I've ordered the magic wand to, 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 to ding over everybody's life and make it perfect, but it's in, it's on back order and hadn't come in yet. Now, until the magic wand that changes everything comes in, we're just stuck with the Bible. <laughs> I hope you get the humor in my sarcasm. But, you know, the word of God and the things of God are not a magic wand or some kind of rabbit's foot that you rub or cross your fingers and hold your breath and don't step on the sidewalk cracks, you know, to get something to move. This is all ridiculous. What we have is the words of life that will in some and, and what poverty and lack and sickness and death and just confusion and uh what what's the other discouragement and all that that comes against us what all that is is a type of death trying to come on us death is trying to manifest you think the devil just wants you with a sniffly nose he wants you dead he he comes to kill still and destroy you got to know that steal kill and destroy well i want you to know that when you speak the word of God over something, you are speaking life into that. You're like a shot of life, an infusion. Speak life to your body. Speak the words of life. Speak the word of God over. Talk to your body parts that are trying to shut down on you. Talk to your finances that are trying to clog up on you. Talk to your car, your washer and dryer, whatever else. Back in the day, we laid hands on everything and told it to work in Jesus' name. Don't everybody shout at once. Everybody's letting Brother Walt do all the shouting today. Thank you for helping me. Need somebody to help me. 
Praise God. Well, I like this. Whatsoever you ask in my name, that will I do. And then in verse 14, if you ask anything, 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 anything in my name, I, I'll pray about I'll check with John Calvin to see if you're on the list. No, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Now, one translation in this scripture says, if I don't have it, I'll make it for you. Now, that's some power there, but the key is to use the name. Hallelujah. Use the name, the name of Jesus. Now, let's see what kind of name this is. It's obviously a name that has something big behind it and strong behind it for it to work like that. And I tell you, we all put up with way more garbage and trial from the devil than we need to. Because, you know, we get a little flippant with it, but we need to go to Philippians 2 and uh, verses 9 and 10. Amen. But I tell you, we put up with more garbage and things from the devil than we ever need to. If we'd be a little more quick on the draw, we, we wouldn't suffer as much as we do in some cases. Now, I'm not trying to make the victim of things the culprit. They're not the culprit. The devil's the culprit. People say, well, I wonder why that happened. I call it the word of faith funeral autopsy you know, that, that, that goes on. Somebody goes to be with the Lord. We should be you know, sad that they're gone, but rejoicing there with Jesus. And instead, we're trying to figure out where they missed it. Well, I don't know. They were an evangelist and trying to pastor. They were a pastor and trying to evangelize. They were, you know, just just trying to figure out where they missed it. Now they're the not only the victim, but the culprit. That is horrible. And it's true. It's a real thing. I've been I've been in in the preacher section of the autopsy committee trying to figure it out. <laughs> One lady that we know put out a magazine, put her husband's picture on the front memorial and said he died prematurely because the Lord told him to learn Spanish and he didn't. God killed him, you know, for not speaking Spanish. I said, my God, you're better off with the mafia. They'll at least just break your kneecaps to start with before they just kill you. Usually there's a warning shot. Uh, so I said, well, if I was that guy, when I showed up to heaven, I think I would have said Buenos Dias just to cover, to make sure. Anyway, that's pretty good, huh? Now let's look and see what kind of name this is. Praise God. (laughs) Wake up. Praise the Lord if you're sleeping. Wherefore, (laughs) wherefore, God, everybody say God. God did this. Now this isn't just something some preacher on TV said you don't like. This is the Lord speaking here. Amen. God also hath highly exalted him. 
We're talking about the name of the highly exalted one. Far above <laughs> principalities and power and might and every name that's named. Not only in this world, but tomorrow. Because it says the world that is to come. So you don't have to be in fear of tomorrow. Well, I don't know. Today's doing pretty good, but you just never know. You ever been around people like that? You just never know what's going to come. They're like Chicken Little. Every church has got an Eeyore or a Chicken Little or somebody. The sky is falling. The sky is falling, you know. And then the next person, you know, is Eeyore the donkey. Oh, it's bad. I tell you, it's bad. It's going to be bad. It seems like it's not bad, but bad's coming. It's always uh, something's working around the corner, you know. Well, praise God, I'll just stick with the highly exalted one. Far above, far above, far above. Every name that's named, every other name that you can think of is under this name. Well, they said, I've got cancer. It's under the name of Jesus. Well, they said, I've got, you know, three minutes to live. <laughs> well, that report's under the name of Jesus. Stick with the name. You'll be all right. Wherefore, God also hath highly exalted him. Oh, I love it that it's highly exalted. And given him a name which is above every name. Are y'all getting anything out of this today? Verse 10. That at that name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven, things in earth. Now, our problems, most of them are here in earth. We don't have heavenly problems, but we can... Certainly have earthly problems and things under the earth. That would be hell. Sometimes I'll announce in my own prayer and declarations and decrees. I'll say, I announce this in three worlds. Heaven, see, earth and hell. And let all beings in heaven, earth and hell listen to my declaration. And I declare myself to be what God says that I am. I declare myself to be the head and not the tail. Above and not beneath. Praise God. And if I'm in Christ, I'm living in that highly exalted space. Well, it don't feel like it, brother, pastor. I know, I know it doesn't. And there's some days that if you went by how you felt, you would just throw in the towel. But we don't, we don't, we don't declare ourselves by how we feel, by how it looks, by how it smells, by how it tastes, and all those things. And what we see with our physical eyes. But it's what we see with our spiritual eyes that makes a difference. Amen. You know, people, you, you just you just can't go wrong standing in faith. I know two. I got two testimonies. One is one I was involved in. We had a woman. We Brother Hagen had. Uh, they still do at Rama. Have healing school on the property at Rama. And 
I worked there. That was one of my jobs <laughs> of all the hats I wore. And uh, we had this we had this um, woman come with her daughter. Now, it, it, the daughter is married, has children. They run a dairy farm in Iowa, Spencer, Iowa, to be exact, and which is some little town out in the middle of the cornfield. And they have a lot of those in Iowa. <laughs> and uh, they're there. They're Word of Faith people. They've come to Ramah. And they've come to healing school that week. They were there for a week. A lot of people would come in for a week to be with us. We had laying on of hands day on Thursday, Friday, because a lot of people would have to drive back home or catch a plane or whatever. So anyway, we've got this family from Spencer, Iowa, the mother and the daughter. The daughter's got kidney failure. She already, she already lost one kidney. Uh, and now she's losing the other one, the same condition or disease set up in the second kidney. And now the only thing that will save her is a transplant. That's it. And uh, so they're, you know, they're on the list for a transplant. But she says, I, I want to believe God for a complete just, you know, restoration, uh, creative miracle, two new kidneys. Well... We know we pump them full of the word two, three times a day there <laughs> in the healing school program. And Thursday afternoon, we got laying on of hands. Well, I would always ask them, what can we believe God for today? Not what you feel like you should be believing. Not what somebody t- tells you you should believe. But what are you really believing? You know, what can you put your faith, you know, really expect? And um, she says, well, I know that it would God's highest and best is two brand new kidneys for me. But she said, to be honest with you, I think I could center my faith a little better in uh, getting a donor organ and it and it be a successful surgery. I said, all right, well, that's what we'll believe God for. So we did. They left. They went home. A few weeks later, I got a phone call. Now, I'm at lunch. I'm at lunch in the break room at the healing center at Rama, And we only had like 20 minutes for lunch between sessions. And so if you don't eat in that 20 minutes, you don't eat. And eating is important to me. Praise the Lord. And uh, so the receptionist, her name was Linda, she called and she said, Phone's ringing in the break room. Nobody wants to take it because we we, we want to eat lunch. We're so spiritual. We want to eat lunch instead of pray during lunch for the next person on the phone. So the phone rings. It's a major ministry. You know, I mean, the phone's always ringing, you know. So she, <laughs> this, this lady's, I, you know, it, it befalls me. She, I answered it and Linda says, Brother David, this lady's asking specifically for you. Great. I'm looking at my tuna sandwich. And she says, uh, Brother David, and she starts talking. She says, you know, you agreed with my daughter that she would get a kidney donor, and she got one, and now she's uh, in the middle of the surgery, and they're saying that she's died on the operating table. Now, this is this is the phone call during tuna sandwich lunch. She's died on the operating table. 
gone. And uh, so they're telling me they're sending for the staff psychiatrist because I won't admit that my daughter's dead. But she said, my daughter and I, when we when we prayed with you, we all agreed in the prayer of agreement in the name of Jesus, which is what we're preaching today. We agreed that she would have a successful surgery. Well, see, I'm putting on my Pentecostal denominational console the grieving, you know, best voice ready to console her to say, well, you know, if you didn't have enough faith, you know, for, you know, but I'm ready to say, well, you know, she's with the Lord now and whatever. Well, she doesn't give me a chance to talk. This mother keeps talking. And I'm going, well, I, you know, I'm trying to interrupt. She won't let me. Who wants to hear the end of the story? Uh, okay. Have I got your attention? So she says, this is very dramatic. <laughs> and so she says, well, uh, you agreed with us that, um, you know, I knew if anybody could help us, it could be, it would be at Rama. And uh, now the daughter's dead. Uh, she's like 30-something years old. She's dead on the table. They said she bled out, and they couldn't do anything about it. And they're, they, you know, they're they're wanting me to sign off that they're just done and it's, it's over. And I said, well, uh, I'm starting to tell her, you know, something. She won't let me talk. She says, but I knew that we agreed, you know, Two of us touching anything, it shall be done. And we had three of us in agreement. She said, and there's others praying. And she said, I wouldn't call dying. She said, we agreed, my daughter and I, that uh, she would receive the new kidney and every the surgery would be successful. And she says, I wouldn't call dying on the table successful, would you? And I said, no. And I'm, I'm wanting to say the word but. I want to get my butt in the way. Get my butt out there and make sure it got stated. No, but. but she wouldn't let me say but. She goes, no, well, neither would I. So I knew if anybody could help us, it'd be you all. I wanted to say, well, you know, we're not, we're all exactly what, you know, we might, you think we're cracked up to be here. I mean, you know, we do believe God, but I'm trying to get my butt in there. You know, to try to talk her out of her miracle in some way. Thank God for preachers, right? I think God does more in spite of us than because of us sometimes. <laughs> I'm just being honest. <laughs> hey, we're people like you are too. You know, we have to deal with our head also and get it out of the way. So she said, well, that's what I thought too. So praise God, I'm standing. She said, they're sending in the psychiatrist to tell me that I'm in denial. But she says, I'm just going to stand on the word. I'll let you know what happens. Bye. And I'm going, wait, 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 Because i got to talk her out of this cockamamie thing. She's going to be all disappointed. Well, I'm trying to eat my tuna sandwich again. The phone rings, and about 20 minutes later, it's Linda from the front desk again. Brother David, I hate to bother you during lunchtime. I know that, you know. But this lady from Spencer, Iowa, is on the phone again. I said, okay, put her on. I know what it's going to be now. It's not working. I don't know. This is what I'm expecting. 
And I said, hello. She goes, hallelujah. I said, what? My daughter's heart's beating. And she's breathing. I said, well, praise the Lord. I'm thinking, well, it ain't because of our faith. The lunchroom faith was not very high that day. I'm just telling you. There was more faith in the tuna sandwich than there was in that room. I'm just being honest. I mean, she called faith headquarters, and that's where that was the pathetic situation in that room that day. I'm thinking, why do you call our department? Call a county. I don't know. They might have more faith over there. Well, she goes, hallelujah. I said, whoa, hallelujah. She said, my daughter's breathing, but she said, they said that there's going to be brain damage and there's going to be, you know, all this motor nerve damage and everything. And, and I, I should have been, I would have been better off just to have let her go. And now this, they're not denying that there's been a miracle, but they don't, they're just predicting doom and gloom. She said, but I'm standing on what we prayed that the surgery would be successful. And my daughter being coming out of this with brain damage and motor nerve damage is not successful either. I'm not receiving it. Thank you for standing with me. You guys are great. Well, we're not as great as you think. <laughs> Try Oral Roberts. You got their number? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> They're across town. <laughs> Fifteen minutes from here. You can be there. Anyway, she <laughs> you know what? I got a letter from that lady. I think I still have it somewhere in one of our files. I got a letter from that lady, from the from the the, the daughter. But here's what happened. She said after they assigned my daughter a room, there was such motor nerve damage from her being dead that long that she would shake on the table violently and they strapped her down and they said this is the way she could live, you know, in a facility for years like this. You you people were crazy not to just let us, you know, pull the plug, as they say. But did you know she said, three days and three nights I sat by my daughter's bedside and I said, honey, this is the scripture that we stood on. This is, aren't you glad that Jesus has answered our prayer? Aren't you glad that you had successful surgery and you got a new kidney and a new lease on life and all this? And while her daughter just shook there and shook and she says, I wouldn't do anything but look at the scripture and use the name of Jesus against this. And after three days and three nights, that daughter woke up the next morning and said, how did my surgery go? Later, they came to one of the camp meetings that Brother Hagen was having in Tulsa, and they came to the camp meeting, and they they came up to me, and they said, we're the people from Spencer, Iowa, and uh, the mother standing there with her new kidney working, and her three children happy, and, and, and a great end to what could have been a tragedy. I'm just telling you these things work. I know a story of a woman. I told you I'd tell you a couple of them. There was a woman that uh, I heard preaching. She had a great revelation on the finished work of Christ. It was everything. Her, she said she just had one message. The Lord gave her finished work of Christ, and she preached that. 
And uh, for she said 20, 30 years she'd been preaching the finished work of Christ message. Isn't that beautiful? And her son went out with some friends. He was in college. He went out with some friends, and they put some drugs in his drink. And um, uh, it caused a reaction. I mean, it was bad. I mean, it obviously, it would cause a reaction, but it caused a bad reaction in him, not just high or something. Something happened, and uh, some kind of heart thing and and brain thing and brain it did brain damage and uh state of michigan wanted her to sign off just just turn him over to us a ward of the state and we'll take care of him in a facility you know he could become violent this and that and she said no i'm going to take my son home i'm going to pray for him so they made her sign a waiver that anything that happened towards him would be her responsibility. It would be as if he commits a crime or does something, it's like her, that she committed it. She had to sign that off. I'm sure you've heard of things, situations like that. And so she signed that. She took, she said, I took my son home. She, they had to strap him down too in the bed. They strapped him down and she sat there and, and said, I speak the finished work of Christ over you. I speak the name of Jesus over you. I command all the damage that's been done to be reversed. And she did that, she said, uh, for about three days, the same thing. And he snapped out of it. He went on and uh, graduated with honors, with uh, a master's degree in business, uh, uh, MBA, uh, master's in business administration degree and was topping his class and, and uh, back in athletics and serving God. Amen. I'm telling you, the name of Jesus works. See, and as the minute you preach on something like this, somebody will think if you don't let, if you don't point it out. Well, I want about Sister Sowing. She really blamed God too, and they didn't get anything. Well, that's like saying, what about somebody that didn't get saved? There's plenty of people that hear the word and don't get saved. There's people that hear the word and don't get healed. Let me, let me tell you, folks, this is not some kind of a horse race here. These are life and death matters. And every person has a personal deal with God. You can't judge it. You can't judge it. It's wrong to try to judge it. And you'll what you'll do in trying to judge somebody else's receiving or not, You'll lose out faith yourself. Don't do it. You just preach a bunch of don'ts. Well, turn it into a donut. I don't know what to tell you. But there are some don'ts. There are some things we need to avoid, isn't it? Praise God. I love that verse. A name above every name. Amen. Now look at Luke ten seventeen. We'll just wrap this up. Did y'all get anything out of this today? Like I told you, it's no heavy revies, but it's certainly something that we need to live by. How well does it work to use the name of Jesus? Again, power of attorney. You can use his name like it's your name. In the name of Jesus. See, you, you, if your leg ain't working, lay hands on it and command it to. In Jesus' name. If your finances look like they've dried up, lay your hands on your checkbook. I've, I've taken all my bill. I had, 
I've had past due bills. I don't know if anybody here has ever had that problem. But I've had them before. (laughs) And I've taken them and stacked them up and laid hands on them and said, In the name of Jesus, I command you to be paid. Well, now, Brother Horton, that isn't going to work. It worked. And I laid hands on my checkbook like Brother Norval used to scream at the $34,000 in the red in brackets. How many know? I mean, that was a, that's a lot of money anytime, but it's a lot of money in 1975. And red ink on a ledger sheet is bad. And brackets are bad. Because it means you gotta have that much to get to zero. And he's standing there yelling at that number. You're a liar, 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 you're a liar. You know, it's the secretary, she's Baptist, she thought he'd lost his mind. She told me he's, he's cracked, he's gone over the edge. He does this thing, it's, I don't want you to be afraid. I thought, man, I'm learning something great here. I was 17 years old watching that man yell at a number on a piece of paper. And in that same year, you know, I'm, uh, it's my, like, right after I got out of high school, you know, I'm there working for Brother Norval. And we're in Crystal River. He's got a square mile of uh, orange trees there. And... uh a real hard freeze came in that year because it killed all the orange crops in central Florida. And I, he had a 76 Cadillac Calais. <laughs> Norval was kind of cheap, so he bought the Calais instead of the Coupe de Ville because it was cheaper because it had vinyl seats instead of leather. Anyway, it was still a beautiful car, and we drove out there onto that field, and he was... <laughs> He said, roll down the window. I hit the button, you know, and it goes, you know, they, you, windows used to make sounds when you put them down, you know, and he puts his finger out and says, all oranges belonging and orange trees belonging to Norval Hayes. Listen to me. I command you in the name of Jesus to live tonight. You will not freeze and you will not die. And his crop was the only crop in the whole county that survived. And he ended up on CBN and all kind of places with that testimony. And I was there. I witnessed it. Now, this affects you when you're young. Thank God for mentors in faith. Praise God. Well, you know, the Lord appointed 70 people extra, sent them out to do the works of Christ. And look at this great verse, verse 17. The 70 returned again with joy, saying, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. Now, what does that tell you? I said, what does that tell you? If the the devils are subject unto us through thy name, wouldn't the devils be still subject unto us through thy name? You need to tell the devil, in some cases, like on your finances even, tell the devil, take your hands off of what belongs to me. 
If you found a thief in your house in the middle of the night, going through all the drawers, trying to find the silver or whatever else, wouldn't you do something about it? You don't just gonna offer him a glass of milk and some cookies. You're gonna at least call the authorities. You're gonna, you're gonna defend yourself with a gun or something. And you're gonna say, this is my house. You do not have the right, whoever you are, to come in here and just plummage through and take things. It's called armed robbery or whatever, breaking and entering. There's, these are felonies. And we, and we prosecute and rightfully so these crimes. But the devil, the Bible says, Jesus said, the one who has given us this authority, the one who has told us to use his name, he has said, the thief is, the devil is the thief. And he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that you might have a life and have it more abundantly. The devil's trying to take your abundant life and make it be barely scraped by life, and that's not right, and he's a liar, pants on fire. Preach, pastor. I'm trying to encourage you today. Don't put up with stuff, garbage. Take authority over it. Tell the devil, is there some area of your life today? Look what Jesus said about it when they were bragging about this devils being subject. They had joy over it. Wow, we can make things happen here. He said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. These Hollywood movies and all, they glorify the devil. You know, they try to make demons and all that, you know, all, all powerful. Jesus said, I saw him when he fell. He's a fallen entity, folks. Behold, I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions. And over some of the power of the enemy, all the power of the enemy, and nothing, nothing, nothing shall by any means hurt you. Praise the Lord. But it doesn't just fall on you like cherries off the tree. You're going to have to take some authority yourself because Jesus said that. He said, now see, I'm a grace preacher. Everybody knows it. I've been persecuted for it. But I will tell you, in grace, it what grace does, it empowers you and makes you righteous to where you can operate in this. And there's a, some idea in some circles of grace teaching that doing anything in faith, taking authority at all, is some kind of dead works thing and is not grace. But that's what that is, is stupid. Because the Bible says in the great grace scripture, which is Ephesians 2.8, is that we are saved by grace through nothing. Is that what it says? Through Through air molecules through amoeba-style absorption. No, through faith. Amen. We're saved by grace, but it's through faith. We have to receive it through faith. 
we have to operate in it through faith. Amen. So the realization of grace should should be, praise God, I'm righteous. We sang that today. My righteousness, my one defense is my righteousness. And that's what you tell the devil. You can't, you can't touch me because I'm righteous. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm as righteous as God is himself. I'm as righteous as Jesus. Not because of me being such a fab, fantabulous Christian, but just because of Jesus. And his indwelt presence makes me holy. Now that doesn't also mean, oh, I'm holy, so therefore I can go out and live like the devil and you know, be a whoremonger and a drunk and everything else. That's not really, that's no, like, just no. In fact, Paul said about that, God forbid. God forbid. God God forbid. Amen. So, you know, we get off if we're not careful. But there is a great revelation here that we need to know. We need to say to ourselves every morning, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm righteous. I've been made holy by the finished work of Jesus. I've got the blood over me. I've got the name over me. Hallelujah. And therefore, I'm authorized by the head of the church to use the name of the head of the church to negotiate through this cursed world that I live in here. We're the occupiers. You know what that means? When an army occupies or a government occupies another one, they can pretty much do what they want there during the occupation. They are running the show. It's an alien land. It's foreign to them. But they can operate and execute what the will of the sending government is. Whether you agree with it or not, whether it's right or not, that doesn't matter. That's This is the deal. Amen? But I'm telling you, this is right. This is God's righteous cause. You know why we're even here? We're here to be the salt of this earth. We're here to preach the gospel. We're here to take as many people to heaven with us as we can tell. And we have a purpose and a goal. And God wants us to do it in grand and glorious style. He wants us to be healed. He wants us to be filled. He wants us to be wealthy and blessed. And 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 the church be the ones that rise up and go. We have the answer. Nobody knows what to do. Yes, we do. Praise God. The church knows what to do. Thank you, Jesus. You know, all these people saying, well, we're all in this together. We started saying right off the bat about COVID, we're not in this together. We're not in this together. We're not in it. <laughs> we're not. We are. We are resisting this thing in Jesus name. And those that got attacked, uh, I know we've had some of our people here got attacked, you know, with 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 COVID. But I'll tell you what, uh, they're rejoicing today, healed and whole. Amen. Ask Brother Tim about it. Amen. And uh, healed and whole from it and alive and well. We don't participate in the death of this world. I gotta stop preaching. I, 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 like somebody please pull the plug. This poor guy. What's wrong with him? Brother Hagen never told us how to quit. He got us started and then just shoved us out there. The spirits are subject unto us. Subject, subjected. 
under us. And anything happening that looks like lack, you need to speak to it in Jesus' name. Command it to turn around. Satan, take your hands off of my money. Take your hands off of my health. Take your hands off of my house, my automobile, whatever it is. And you got to have a little bit of a backbone about it, you know. I don't know why everything happens to me. Well, because you're like playing sick them to a crazy dog. That's why. If you think the devil's going to have any compassion on you, and okay, you've suffered enough, I'll lighten up. You know, you're crazier than you look. I'm telling you, it ain't going to happen. You're going to have to... You're going to have to, to stand up against it and, and get, and get mad like, like a good mad, right? Angry and sin not. It's righteous indignation. Go, this is not right. And I command it to stop. Praise the Lord. Let's lift our hands and thank Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you today. We praise you. We magnify you. Hallelujah. Lord, we practice what we preach right now. Anybody here, you got an area that needs uh, the authority of, of Jesus uh, on it? Just speak to it in the name of Jesus. I command, you know, whatever it is that needs to be commanded. But if you'll do it in Jesus' name, you'll get it. Praise the Lord. Keep using the name. Keep using the name. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. I speak to my cells. I speak to my body. I speak to my mind. Whatever it is, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Praise God. Pastor Scarlett, you got anything? All right. You want to come pray the dismissal prayer for me? People remember how beautiful you are instead of looking at me. (laughs) Praise the Lord. (laughs) Father, we thank you for this time, Lord. We thank you for your name. That you're the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And you've given us the name, the name above every name. So we thank you, Father, that we have authority and we'll use authority that you've given us. We thank you for your love and your compassion. We thank you, Father, that you're for us and not against us. And we love you today and every day in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 God bless you. You may be dismissed. Amen. All right.